Hello and welcome to Pairing, a podcast where we pair wine with art and pop culture. I am your host, Emma Scherjarko, and this episode is a little three-for-one as Winston and I discuss our thoughts about the most recent Marvel TV series, WandaVision, The Falcon and Winter Soldier, and Loki. We may have some hot takes, we may have some lukewarm takes, but we definitely do share spoilers. So if you haven't seen these three shows and don't want to be spoiled, you may want to wait to listen to this one. We do get a little off the rails occasionally, and we get some classic Winston political and historical rants, so there's lots to enjoy, even if you haven't seen these shows. Thank you so much to our newest producer-level patron, Rebecca Joy Henrietta White, and to our patron Dia, who upped their pledge— Rebecca joins our other producers, Emma Cohen, Rena Sarame, Zoo Yorker, Caitlin Van Horn, and Michael Beck, all of whom I would try to dismantle massive evil corporations with. If you would like to join these marvelous folks and get access to all sorts of extras for as little as $1 a month, come check us out at patreon.com slash pairingpodcast. Without further ado, here is episode 86, the Marvel TV series. It, it makes the editing process a little bit better cause looking at how pretty the waveform is. It's very nice. It's very nice, right? Um, anyway, we're here to talk about uh, some some forms of media that you may have consumed in the past few months. Yeah. Dis- Disney's attempt to invade and pervert television uh, until it is finally destroyed. Yep, yep, and uh, and it's working. Yeah, which so, I yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm into. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the Marvel TV shows that have come out so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got WandaVision. Falcon and Winter Soldier. And Loki. And Loki. So Loki just finished last week, so if you haven't watched that yet, you might want to check it out. I think we're going to be probably a little spoilery in this one. Sure. So, yeah. so I mean, you know, if you haven't watched these, I I respect the choice, but yeah. I can't help you. I can't help you there. So, um, so we were just talking about the three different shows, and you were saying that this may be controversial, but your least favorite is actually WandaVision. That is true, and I will now explain why. So, I think WandaVision, in many ways, is the most ambitious mm-hmm. and laudable of the projects in mm-hmm. terms of it. It's trying to it's trying to comment on its own form as a TV show yes. that's using TV shows at, you know through the decades as a medium and i think that's that's very laudable but i think that ultimately that medium choice that framing choice mm-hmm. ends up completely dissolving when they want yeah. to resolve it and i think that it, it doesn't really live up to it's framing choice in, yeah. in terms of what what actually is going on is very simple Marvel straightforward Marvel movie right. like you said right yeah so I was gonna say I mean I think I think I agree ultimately I uh, I definitely agree that it has some of the coolest and most ambitious things going on in it there's a lot of the components that I really really like so both the the you know the meta TV trope. Right. I really enjoyed that. I was really into that. I remember when it first came on and people were like, what the fuck is going on? I was like, I love this. I love this weirdness. Right. And yeah. I mean, I grew up watching Nick at Night 
until bedtime every school day. Of course. And yeah, yeah, and there's a certain amount of just like nostalgia and recognition of the industry and the medium and everything right. and everything like that. And I was really into that. I also really like the the kind of like side characters of Kat Dennings, Randall Park, and I can't remember the actress's Catherine name. Catherine Hahn? No, no. Well, oh. well, yes, but she's different. But Randall Park, Kat Dennings, and uh, the, the oh, woman the who plays who are, Monica Rambeau. Yeah, who are so, watching the TV. Yes, yeah. yes. I really enjoy that. So, so I enjoyed both things happening simultaneously, but I was really frustrated that by the end... It had it had given up on kind of its ambitious form and right. just became a Marvel movie. Well, and they also didn't really use their their aesthetic of the TV sitcoms of decades past. They didn't really use it to criticize that TV. Yeah, they didn't really have anything they wanted to say other than that. Wanda is hiding in yeah, these shows. Yeah, and I, I get that. Yeah, I think, and I think it's that's because she watched these shows when she was a kid, right? And, and like, yeah, I, but I, I think there's more that they could have done with that. There's definitely more that I think to I go think to all that effort to to generalize about the three shows. I really enjoyed all of them. I really did, but in different ways. Yeah, they all have very good. Yeah. You know, moments. Uh oh, I think there's a kitty. The yeah, let's, let's let in the cat. Our studio manager. Yeah. Come on in, baby. Yeah. yeah come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> she she rejected us. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> she, cute people are crazy. Um, I think each each show though set really lofty goals in different ways and fell just a little bit short. Like like I really yeah. appreciated that that they were all trying to do something different and and we can talk about more in depth about each of them, but if I were to generalize as you as we we're talking about with WandaVision, it set this really interesting formal goal that kind of fell apart. And I think it's because right. the reasoning for that as you said was never really delved into what? in a serious way. And the idea was that cracks were supposed to be showing the whole right, time and right, then it, right. so like I, I get the reasoning behind that but I still think if you're going to go for such an ambitious aesthetic framing yeah that you should you should delve a little bit more into it I, I agree you know? I like agree. let's let there was a great opportunity in the first episode to to think about how like Desi Arnaz was really abusive to mm. Lucille Ball oh I didn't know I that love, Oh my God, he was monstrous to her, mm. and so like I think, and we know all this. Like this is all right. data that's available. So like right. if you're going to pay homage to these sitcoms of eras past, it would be worth criticizing them for sure as part of your way of showing cracks for you know? sure. Um, um, so that's my thing on WandaVision. Okay, and so then as I was saying, I think with Falcon Winter Soldier, Falcon Winter Soldier is the one that really feels like it's just one Marvel movie, but longer. But, but yeah, three <laughs> hours long. But yeah. what Falcon Winter Soldier does that is a little ambitious is it it does delve into some political questions, uh, you know, racism in 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 ways systemic that racism. System, systemic racism that the Mar- that the MCU hadn't done before so but again it's very tentative it's very tentative exactly so like it, it never really decides how it feels about the flag smashers and 
it it kind of finishes i'm uh oh god what's his name i wrote it down the the black character the black man who was basically tortured for 30 years oh yeah uh uh-huh. isaiah bradley um played yes. by carl lumbly who's basically a stand-in for nelson mandela oh i didn't think about it that way but because sure. he was in prison for 27 yeah, years yeah, in yeah. canary island right sure sure yeah but but like they kind of put a little bow on his story at the end. You know, right. it's still Disney. Yeah, but it's, it's at Disney. The same, Disney's a massive evil corporation. At the but... same time, I, I this was the first time they really tried to tackle some of these questions. Right, and and they did and... embrace the question of like why be Captain America when yes. America, you know, and I don't think they followed through enough, but. They did embrace that question, and it wasn't a gimmick. That I think that's my thing, is the Falcon and Winter Soldier doesn't have a gimmick to it, really. No, it's a buddy. It's a pretty, it, it's it, a pretty straightforward yeah. buddy cop yeah. Marvel movie, Yeah, mm-hmm. but it tries to take on some things, whereas Loki and WandaVision both suffer, I think, from... Um, a dependence on their aesthetic framing. Yes. And then they try to do stuff with that, and I think in in some cases they succeed. Yeah. But... So so just to so just to finish, you know, generalizing um, with Loki, I think Loki ultimately is the one that I enjoyed the most. I think that has more as much to do with me and my personal aesthetic preferences than anything else. I don't think it's necessarily like strong that much stronger than the other two. I just enjoyed it more. But and I think what I was saying earlier is that what what I what I appreciated about it is that it's always weird. It's it right. the, at, while while WandaVision starts out weird and then kind of loses the weirdness, Loki is weird the whole time, but it's weird in very different ways and sometimes that gets a little dissonant and a little confusing. Well, I would say so, but um, it, but it has a consist like the the way Loki uses its weird aesthetic is as a backdrop, right, right? Right. So it uses it as a framing device, but then it's it just becomes background, and so all the aesthetic of the TVA and Miss you were saying Miss Minutes is mm-hmm, her name, mm-hmm. yeah, um, and I love that. I'm played I, by Tara, Tara Strong, who's a great voice actor. Yeah. I absolutely love any kind of old-timey propaganda aesthetic. To- yeah, right? totally. That's so your thing, definitely. Uh, and I really like the, um, like, you know, the the scene where we've got all the different Lokis and we've got Richard E. Grant right, playing yeah. classic Loki. We've got Gator Loki. Like, it's just absurd and, and ridiculous. Also, also I, Owen I think, Wilson. Let's oh, just, and Owen it, Wilson. It is a delight. Let's, let's pause because I do want to get to Loki, but I want to kind of... I think maybe go back to WandaVision. We're we're a little all over the place, um, but that's fine. So are yeah. all these shows a little bit. Yeah. But uh, but I think I think uh, the part of the reason why I really like Loki is it's got kind of like a Brazil vibe, like it's very absurdist. Right. It's like, a, it's absurdist dystopia. Yeah. I also think I'm 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 backtracking on myself, but um, I also think it's just sort of a factor of. Tom Hiddleston has played Loki more than, I think, more than any of the other actors, with the exception of maybe Sebastian Stan as Bucky Barnes. But Bucky Barnes was always a little, right. a little less of a main character. And um, uh, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, but that was for Fox. Yeah, we're not talking not about X Men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I'm just saying of these three shows, like Tom Hiddleston has been Loki for us 
for a really long time. And we've right. watched him play that role for so long right. that it's just kind of fun to yeah. watch him have fun. It just oozes out of him. Exactly. Yeah, out of his pores. Exactly. But coming back to WandaVision, one of the things I really did appreciate about WandaVision is, um, is Wanda. Because we haven't, previously in the MCU, we haven't really gotten a sense of her character and her power, I think, in the same way that we get into it in this show. And I think it also is the first time Elizabeth Olsen has had, like, some really good acting moments. Yeah, she had material to work with. Absolutely. And and that I really did appreciate. And Paul Bettany's a delight as well. And um, and I, I, I hate saying this. Uh, to our listeners, but <laughs> I think it had so many great constituent parts, and it ended yeah. up being a little bit less than them. And and I'm As not often it, happens. It, that doesn't mean that it wasn't enjoyable. Yeah, it just. It, it, <sighs> and I mean, as you were saying before, Catherine Hahn is just phenomenal in it, but. I had so many questions about her character. Yeah. Um, and I was actually just reading about this, and I thought this was a really interesting, but apparently Catherine Hahn compared, what's her name, Agatha? Oh, what's It was Agatha all along. Yeah, but it... what's her last name? Oh, I've, I've Agatha no Harkness. Agatha Harkness. Oh, Harkness. That's yes. So, um, so she compared her relationship to Wanda to like Salieri with Mozart. So, right, right. so like someone like someone who's worked so hard to be good at what they at what they do at what right. they are, and someone else is and just someone a else is just a genius. natural genius at it. Yeah. And I I loved that. I was like, oh, that's that makes perfect sense. And she's she's brilliant. She's perfect, uh, and I think she stole the show. But yeah, but that's her character's kind of motivation. Yes, right? yes. So just to before we before we keep talking, uh, this is ostensibly also a wine podcast. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like I should bring in some wine thoughts. Yeah, we were we we're um, getting a little keep it. We were just doing diving into the cultural criticism. Oh my god, we're we're just like keep it, uh, Ira. Um, <laughs> you can contact me. Anytime. Crooked media, call us. Um, but so, so, so some of the wine thoughts that I've had is that uh, as we were actually this this is a good segue, even though I didn't anticipate it or intend it. But um, I was thinking that each of these shows a little bit, but especially WandaVision, it feels like a blend. Like it's it's like a blend of a whole bunch of different grapes and sometimes maybe some grapes that you don't quite expect. That makes sense. To a little, be together. Little, a little wine mom, a little Yeah. Well you crazy get crazy cougar. Yeah, well you get a little like classic classic Marvel story with some formalistic uh ambitious moments. Also there's the whole part where uh Evan Evan Peters, is that his name? Evan Peters comes in as uh, Pietro, as Quicksilver. Oh, that's right. Which is yep, a nice yep. a nice meta moment. Um, I did enjoy that. I, I very much enjoyed that, of course. That is one of my favorite moments this, in cinema is the Quicksilver scene. Oh, yeah. He's so good. Two of those X-Men movies. He's so good. And I would say that was the one, maybe the one moment where they really embraced, like, the meta narrative right and of course of of like capitalism is also doing all these things right 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 so um so i i I did appreciate that a lot but like it sort of reminds me of i have okay so i have a couple different thoughts but it sort of reminds me of there are certain wines in the northern rhone i think the 
Oh God, it's been so long. It's been so long it's since been so long. since I've done wine stuff. But I believe it's Cote Roti is a region in the Northern Rhone where they blend mostly Syrah with mm-hmm. just a little bit of Viognier, oh. um, which is a white wine, right. and it's and it's a it something about adding that little bit of white wine to it just like brightens it up a little bit or something but it's totally not something you'd expect and you know if the if the proportions are not just right then it will taste weird and i feel like every once in a while in wandavision the proportions are not quite right uh, and they're trying to create an appetizing blend yes um but they but i think it's as as we've been saying like a little too ambitious Sometimes the other wine wine thought I was uh, I it's more of a follow through issue. Exactly, it's, it's, it's not a... that the ambition was wrong. It's that that the, there just wasn't quite the follow through. Exactly, like we've all seen Pleasantville. Pleasantville is an amazing movie mm-hmm. about McCarthyism and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But like they didn't quite they didn't quite capture what was going wrong in all those different times yeah and that's that's fundamentally what the other side of that nostalgia coin is right you have to be like okay well but while i love lucy was going on mccarthy's you know yeah yeah while bewitched was going on we were just getting into vietnam you know like all that yeah 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 yeah. i I think they failed to to kind of really grasp that i think so too and and so the other wine that i was going to relate I was going to relate it to is a wine like this is this is often how I feel with very aromatic white wines like Malvasia um, is oh, one. I know, on me. I know it's a it's a it's a not one I've probably not talked about it very much, but Malvasia you find it all over, but um, and it's often part of a blend, but on its own, in my experience, it's a very aromatic grape, so it's very interesting on the nose it's very floral there's a lot going on to it and at first you're like "Ooh, this is really interesting but it kind of lacks acidity and like an interesting finish so after you have like a few sips of it it stops being as interesting like the the novelty of it is often this is definitely not the only example and i don't want to say that like all malvasias are like this but in just in my experience and my feeling about them is that I'm always like, at first I'm like, ooh, this is interesting. Taste, taste, cool. Then as I continue drinking it, I'm like, actually, now that I figured out what this is, I'm not super interested in it anymore. I don't know if that if that makes any sense. No, I think it makes perfect sense. And actually, I, when you were talking about that, it made me think of the Pinot Grigio I just yeah. bought and Pinot brought Grigio's, home. It's like, Pinot it's, Grigio's really, are... it's just sort of a meh. Like, except, <laughs> except I'm going to be really mean. The difference with Pinot Grigios is I don't find them interesting to begin with. But, <laughs> oh, look at you. That, that's the Me that's owl. The, well, no, that's the that's the thing we say about Pinot Grigios is that if you smell a white wine and it doesn't smell like anything, it's probably Pinot Grigio. Um, but no, but to, nothing good to drown flies in. Absolutely, and um, but but it's very it, it's it's just a serviceable, simple, dry white wine. And, yeah, it's, a, it's um, like it's basically a table wine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there are really good ones. I I, I want to clarify that there are certain Pinot Grigios that are like actually very interesting. But to me, to me, like the the cheap ones you get are are like perfectly serviceable, but not very interesting. Right. 
Um, Just like the Honda Civic we're about to buy. Hey, don't be mean to the future Honda Civic Moira. Moira. (laughs) We've decided to name her Moira. Um, (laughs) um, But... Shall we move on to yeah, Captain America Winter Soldier? Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah, let's yeah. let's Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah, let's talk go. about it a, a little bit more. As as I was saying, like this one is kind of the most straightforward, I think, in right. terms of its form, but it does delve into some interesting things. My it's, favorite it, parts of it. Yes, go ahead. Are when it is delving into Bayou culture mm-hmm. and C- Cajun culture mm-hmm. and and basically relating the black experience in Louisiana up to and including the part where he's denied alone, even though yeah. he's the Falcon. Even though he's a he's an Avenger. Right. And I think that's the strongest part of the show. But I, I do think the show does a bit of a better job than WandaVision in holding to its kind of... Its kind of thesis statement. Yeah, it's sort it's... of saying like... It's purpose. You you sympathize with the rebels right up until the end. Yeah, yeah. Or at least you're meant to. I think. I think. Yeah. Um, That's my opinion. Absolutely. And and as I said, I think it's one failure, or I don't want to say failure, but like, I mean, it's Disney, and they're not gonna they're they're not gonna end and end on the note of. We agree with terrorists. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> you you should destroy capitalism. Is is our opinion? Yes. Oops. Oops. <laughs> uh, wait a minute. Which, if uh, if that <laughs> is what people take away from it, great. Yeah, I mean, I think it did a good job of of making the the kind of primary villains of the show, which is I think her name is Carly Morgenthau. The girl who yep. she also plays a similar role in Solo. She's also like the oh, the, that's right. She's the like the beginning of the Rebel Alliance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah I didn't realize that. Yeah, it was interesting. Now. It was interesting oh, cool. that they that they cast that that same actress. Um, I think she's very good, but but is very unusual looking. You know, like yeah, for for a part like very freckly, black, curly but hair. Freckles. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, but I really appreciated that. But I think they did a good good job of like, you know, she does terrorism, so that's not great. That, that, we but generally disapprove. Of we that. generally disapprove yeah. of that. But I think they do a good job of really fleshing out her her thought process and the and the the reasoning behind the the flag smashers and well, and feel free to disagree with me because I am not like an expert on any of these things and I know some people feel like they totally failed with this I if I didn't think they did you know especially given the fact that it is Disney and you gotta you know yeah. lower your expectations they're a, little a bit. mega corporation <laughs> they're <laughs> it's they're it's interesting because they're this multinational conglomerate monopoly that is trying to kind of represent communism. Yeah. But in a sympathetic or anarchism. Anarchism, in, in yes. A, in a sympathetic way. And also trying to give Antifa, the people who have been fighting fascists in our streets, yeah. a little bit of their due. Yeah. And obviously it's, you know, this, you know, question the source and all that stuff is wrong, but like I don't know. It's it's kind of an interesting cultural moment and something Absolutely. that should be taken taken note of. That this massive corporation is basically saying that 
Antifa, the people in the streets, the people who are fighting fascists in the streets, deserve recognition and have an honest and worthwhile point of view. Yeah. And so yeah. no wonder you Nazi pieces of shit Ooh, think cuidado. you're using the, losing the culture war because you are. Yes. But yes, you're also right. I think that um, the at least attempt of the representation of the African-American experience in this country to a certain extent um, in the show, um, I, I was glad that they acknowledged it and yeah. went there. Because I feel like it's the first time that race was ever even acknowledged it, in yeah. the MCU. It's absolutely you know? inadequate. And, yeah. and I'm not arguing that. No, no, no. But it, it is beautiful. And, and you're right, just like seeing Sam's family in and and like how and, and feeling a little bit more of the culture of America, quote unquote, and what that means to a whole lot of different yeah. people. Yeah. I thought that was Im- very important. Yeah, and um, it wasn't very long ago that the Ku Klux Klan was fighting black and Vietnamese shrimp boat owners in Louisiana. Yeah, like that. That people are still alive who remember that. Yeah, and remember beating the Klan. Absolutely, and, and that's a story of of triumph over it of systemic racism yes you know and and that's worth telling too absolutely and i and i'm glad that they at least began bringing that discussion into the mcu i hope it's not the last we ever hear of it given that uh (laughs) given that we now have a black captain america i sure hope that that's not (laughs) gonna be the end of the discussion but also uh, they do want to sell a bunch of movie tickets in China? So, yeah, and yeah. China has very strict, yeah, policies about well, it. No, no, no. Well, I want to come back to that. To my but, folks, but like, well, y'all, the you know Chinese Communist Party does have some, yes, pretty strict rules. Definitely. So just just thinking about wine stuff for Falcon Winter Soldier, I struggled with this one a little bit. Um, and so for we got we got Bucky and we got Sam. We got right? Bucky and got Sam. Also, um, okay, actually, this is this maybe was the most uh, influential. But uh, I wanted to talk about. Oh my God, the actor is Daniel Bruhl, Baron Zemo. Oh, better. He's so oh, oh, he, he's so, so fun. Hot. So hot oh, right now. Oh, <laughs> I was gonna say he's so fun. He doesn't do it for me, but if he does it for you, then uh, terrifying Aryan villains, I guess, kind of. Kind of do it for you? Kinda, okay, kinda we'll, uh, I mean, uh... we'll we'll explore that later. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm admitting it. Yeah, you know. but I was sort of thinking of, I guess he's, well, he's German, the actor at least, or yeah, I think he's German. But, um, but I was thinking, you know, so much of the show takes place in... I forget exactly where, but like Czech Republic. Well, um, Sokovia. Sokovia. Specifically, right? Right, which isn't... Well, is it Sokovia that they're It's supposed to be in? a stand-in for the Czech Republic. No, well, there's that city they go to. I forget the name of the city. That's like its own entity. Oh. Um, it's not... It's. It, I'm not going to say. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't know. Fans, I, th- I thought fans they were in plug Sokovia. In, plug in here. So past Emma here was thinking of the fictional city of Madripoor that they visit when they are trying to find the power broker or something. Um, I also double checked and parts of the show take place in Lithuania, Latvia, and indeed the fictional Sokovia. 
I I don't think they are. I don't think they are. I think they're they're either in the Czech Republic or somewhere around there. But anyway, I was thinking um, of Slovakia. Slovakia is a little bit. Oh they're no! Literally right next. Yeah, to Yeah, I'm sorry. I was thinking. Um, Czechoslovakia. No, I know. I know. Used to be a country. I know. I know. I'm I'm Slovakian. Um, <laughs> I but I was thinking. Are you? I am. I'm a quarter Slovakian. Oh. Yeah. But I was thinking, uh, what's the name of the country right next to Italy? There's a few. Uh, the one to the northeast. Slovenia? Slovenia, thank you. <laughs> Got there. Got there. Um, <laughs> love Slovenian wines. But that but I was thinking, um I was thinking of Austrian wines. Oh. Which as you know are some of my favorite, kind of lesser known, more understated. Uh, red wines like Blaufränkisch and Weigelt are two of my favorite grapes, um, and something about those feels kind of right for for Falcon Winter Soldier. Like, not gonna say it's understated, but it it wasn't big in the ways that WandaVision and Loki were. Um, but it was yeah. But they they, they there's a nice. Like Eastern European spy thriller vibe. I think that that's through the whole. I thing. think that's what I'm thinking. Of. That's what I'm feeling. Which is for nicely it. contrasted with the Cajun, mm-hmm. you know, home style stuff, and I really love that. Yeah. But I think that at its heart, it's a fairly traditional spy thriller. Definitely. You know? Definitely. Uh, you know, and it feels very with, as we with were saying. to all the good fight choreography. Absolutely. But, you know. Um, I also just wanted to give a brief shout out to I I have to say I I never really quite got the Bucky Barnes Sebastian Stan appeal until this show until the moment where he uh, says that he read The Hobbit when it came out and I was like oh well I'm done now like, <laughs> you were like, hey uh, future Emma here redacting what Winston said next you don't need to hear it suffice to say we can't resist a handsome nerd but anyway that was. Uh, I I get it. I get it now. Is, is what I'm saying. Right, right. <laughs> He's cute. You get it. He's cute. We all get it. All right. To um, Loki. To Loki. So, as we were saying, Loki is kind of the most the 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 weirdness and the aesthetic of it are very are are the backdrop, and the weirdness changes. So, like. The first couple episodes in the TVA are very distinct. Right. Then we go to, like, the apocalypse world with Sylvie. Yeah, I forget um, what it's called, but... I forget what yeah. it's called, too. The moon is about to crash yeah, into the thing. Yeah, but it's, all, but it's like a weird sci-fi apocalyptic episode. Right. Um, but they still have that kind of weird Victorian thing going on in the train sure First of all, sure they're yeah. on a train yeah they're on a train yeah there's a little bit yeah <laughs> there's, there's a first class area totally 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 and then and then uh you know we get you know back to the tva and then we get the weird like end of the world uh multiple loki's episode which is my right. personal favorite um, yeah and it was really fun yeah and then you get the kind of mind bendy Kind of Twilight Zoney last episode. Um, yeah, you know that's fine. Well, yeah, no, I, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying, like the weird, the fact that it's weird is consistent. The weirdness itself is slightly different in almost every episode. Yeah. But and, I think it was more consistent than the other 
shows. I think it was like... I think Falcon Winter Soldier was pretty consistent. The TVA as a concept is just very like... 1950s propaganda and as you brazil shit and i and i loved that yeah that's my favorite part of the show and as you were saying weird it is and and when you get to watch it start to crumble i think that was very like holistically consistent yes and as you were saying while wandavision doesn't really use the the format or or it's not that it doesn't use the format it's just that it misses opportunities to to show how that format is flawed um loki is very aware immediately how problematic the tva is loki is Interrogating the concept from the beginning. Exactly. Which which is fun. Which is super fun. And ideologically consistent with what the show is trying to say, which is that human or individual freedom, right? Yeah. Is more important than safety. Yes. And that's what actually I, I think all three of the shows sort of touch on that. Yeah, to a certain extent. Yeah. Absolutely. Like we're trying to be free and at a certain point you're going to have to make sacrifices to to accommodate human freedom yes no this i think that's true pushing, <laughs> pushing my personal political agenda but you know yeah the other thing that i wanted to mention about loki which is which is a big deal is um the fact that they made loki canon bisexual which is beautiful and way overdue way way overdue also like it's sort of the easiest i mean not the easiest it's kind of like the the least daring one because loki as a mythological figure is canon queer but um... i mean he turns himself (laughs) into a whore a lady horse so he can get fucked by a male yeah he's gender bending so he can give birth to a wolf it's a whole it's a whole thing thing. but um (laughs) but so but but still that's a big deal the spirits podcast yeah yeah (laughs) definitely i love the loki episodes of spirits um but so but it's a big deal and if they were really going to see it through instead of having Loki be in love with the female version of himself, Loki should have been in love with Owen Wilson. But that's just me. You know, I I mean, there's there's going to be another season. So you have an opportunity to see that through. Uh- <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's a whole different episode of talking about the scraps that Disney tries to throw. Oh, yeah. And- queer people. But, but they're getting closer, and that's that's worth acknowledging. They're getting worth closer, and worth pushing. Absolutely, absolutely. You this know. is this is the You're this the, is the bare minimum. What it is is there are some countries that don't acknowledge the existence of queer people and won't allow that to be referenced in their movies and those countries happen to be very powerful and disney needs to appeal to them and uh i i mean i don't think we're hiding the ball here by saying that there's some totalitarian governments that just don't want queer people to exist and that's not nice it's not great it's uh it's definitely i mean if you listen to the show i think you know how we feel and and i'm not going to try to you know throw disney a bone that it doesn't deserve but i think this was a 
a, a, a fairly big first step in making a major character in the MCU yeah. canon queer. Yeah, you know what? I'll acknowledge that. I think, I think for, it's a first step. Yeah, for all the cowardice so, that corporate capitalism exhibits on a daily basis, I think that was a fairly bold move for them. And I think that I, I think that has a lot to do with the showrunner Kate Heron, who is, I think, well, Black Widow it was was directed by a woman, but I think before that, I think. Uh, Kate Heron, or other than that, Kate Heron is the first woman showrunner director of an MCU oh, wow. show, I think. I can't think of another. Well, and that's just an important cultural change. I, I, I'm sorry. I oh, don't, yeah. I don't think that you can separate um, female gendered people mm-hmm. um, controlling executive decisions from a, a change in the artistic culture and a change in the culture at large. I hope so. Yeah. yeah I, I really hope that's true. And, and yeah. I think that the more that female gendered people are given opportunities to to make their vision seen and to just exist in that realm. And just to be clear, when you say female gendered, I think we're including everyone who identifies yeah, as, yeah. As, a, as a woman. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's what I'm meaning. Yeah. Is, yeah. Is I just I just wanted to clarify female that. identified just people. To, yeah. I just wanted to clarify that. Um, I think that just can only improve the culture. Whereas. Yep. Right now we have this rising tide of fascism yeah. we have to fight. But I think that the rising tide of female identified people is is going to help us beat that back. Well, I think it's important that, you know, just generally that we get more diversity and representation and people in positions of power within entertainment. Absolutely. Um, I mean, everywhere. But but since we're talking specifically about, you know, probably the most powerful franchise company entertainment-wise right. in the world. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. it, it's a trillion-dollar Im- multinational corporation. <laughs> it's important. It's important. Uh, and it's it's small steps, but it's important to start moving forward. So anyway, um, in terms of wine for Loki, I was thinking that orange wine is a perfect one for Loki, which oh, we've talked about. This is a nice mix. Well, yes. And it's a little weird. It's always a little weird. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not as good. Um, But in case you don't know, orange wine, the way I say, so rosé is basically when red grapes are made like a white wine and orange wine is when white grapes are made like a red wine. So rosé, you use red grapes, but they see very little skin contact. That's not always how it's made, but that's generally that's the the most common way it's made and orange wine is when white grapes see a lot of skin contact so what you get is wines that are not always like orange in color but they're a little bit deeper a uh, darker kind of golden color and um, and they because they've seen so much skin contact, they often have a fair amount of tannin to them, um, which is unusual for something made from white grapes. So and they're always they're they're usually very weird, very funky to varying extents. Um, they have and, a very earthy taste about them, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely very earthy, kind of savory, complex. Um, 
and and just sort of weird and unexpected. Like if you've never had an orange wine before, you're going to be like, whoa. They're also like a big fad in like the hipster wine world. We talked about this a little bit most recently yeah, in the we, Beetlejuice we, episode. We but... talked about how we went to that dinner, right? Which which one? The farm farm dinner. Oh yeah. Did we, we have that or- amazing the fennel bulb? Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Did we but have we had orange wine at that. Did we? Uh-huh. I don't remember. Yeah, we but... certainly did. Okay. Well that would have gone great with that that uh roasted fennel bulb. It was so good. <laughs> I tried to recreate that once. I couldn't do it. So tender. Um, <laughs> uh, if anybody has any good roasted fennel bulb recipes, please send them to me. But so, so I feel like that feels right for Loki, like something very weird and, yeah. and funky. Funky, exactly. And yeah, and I, like I said, I think Loki was ultimately the one that I enjoyed the most, but it might just be because, you know, that kind of absurdist. Aesthetic is very much. Yeah, I think the the Brazilness of it. Yeah, is what really sold me on it. Yeah, you know, and like the the absurdist dystopia is kind of. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just really appealing. If you haven't seen Brazil, Jesus Christ, go watch it. And then listen to our Brazil <laughs> episode with Zach Valenti. Is yep. it, it's very fun. Um, but that. But that just does it for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I also love that, and and that's why I that's why I really enjoyed the first part of Wandavision so much was because it felt kind of weird and absurdist and meta and self referential, and then it kind and then it just didn't didn't see it through. Um, right. While Loki, I I think my biggest criticism of Loki is that they tried to do too much in too little time. Yeah, and, I, I think um, that's fair. But I think the strength of it, you know, you always if you're going to make a creative work, uh, this is just my opinion, mm-hmm. which is worth nothing. But I disagree. But um, go ahead. <laughs> I think you have to answer the question if you're going to do a new project. Why does this need to exist? Yeah. And for WandaVision and Falcon Winter Soldier, it was sort of like, well, because nostalgia and grief. And, and they were also. Well, because like systemic racism, but also fun. And I think Loki's answer to that question was, why? Why because. not? I think actually. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. Yeah. we decided. Yeah. Because, yes. Because why? Uh, why not? Yes. And um, and I also think that, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. The difference, just just to cut WandaVision and Falcon Winter Soldier, Falcon, Falcon Winter Soldier a little mm-hmm. slack, is that they both also served a slightly different purpose, which is to establish what's going to happen next in the MCU. Right. While Loki, Loki's doing that a little bit, but it's, it's more just it's about, just its own crazy. It's thing. more just it's more just its own crazy thing and exploring the world of this character that we thought we lost, and um and it and it's sort of like making its own little Doctor Who. In yeah. um and so and so actually I think that's a great comparison. To and, and so Who. and and so like it's a little unfair I think to compare all of them because WandaVision and Falcon Winter Soldier both had these greater goals of like serving a purpose of of moving this greater story forward and 
Loki didn't quite have to do that in the same way. Yes, I think you're absolutely right. So, um, so I think, you know, just to cut them a little bit of slack is that they they had they had many agendas that they had to fulfill. Um, and they did a lot of things very well. Yes, I agree. But yeah, and and just and like as I was saying, just Tom Hiddleston, Owen Wilson. They're delightful to watch together. It's so fun. Um, as as is Catherine Hahn. As is Catherine Hahn WandaVision, in, in WandaVision. And if, Sam and uh, Bucky. And they have great rapport. They have wonderful it's, chemistry. Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, there's just there's just really bright spots of all of them. Oh, absolutely. I think the performance, and I think the nice thing about all of these TV shows is, as we've said, they're all kind of like. A, a movie made longer, and right. that's kind of the the benefit that we sort get of, like of these David m- Lean movies. Yeah, like these yeah. these miniseries, and part of that I think is it looks like it's really fun for the actors who normally get you know these two two to three hour. Let's be honest, it's they they right. get plenty of time, but <laughs> but and? they're but they're rarely they rarely get it to themselves. You know, they're usually I'm into sh- that. Me actually. too. I I, I like this I like sort it. of long form short series television. I like it if because that's I think what it, you want to do that's great. I I know? I think it gives the actors a chance to have more fun and flex their muscles, and it gives the writers and creators time. To flex their muscles and, and designers Absolutely. and you know well, and it everybody. It reminds me of the old BBC like Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, shows. Like, yeah. There's 26 two-hour-long episodes. The BBC of, Pride and Prejudice is only six hours. Of this but. dude being like, <laughs> um, I guess, you know, so, great, great. I love it. Let's do um, it. But yes, no, I I like it. I think I like it. You know, it's it's like The Mandalorian. You know, I I, I think which I also love. I also love. We're gonna have to do a Mandalorian episode at some point. But I, you know, yes, I don't like the problematic as... people, but I will say that Bill Burr deserves his own Star Wars show <laughs> that is just Bill Burr in space. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. I mean, come on, the yeah. Empire is like trying to tax my. Corellian Freida. Hey, listen. Come on. People from Boston exist in the Star Wars universe. It's canon. So it's, yep, it's so, how it is. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, I I like it too. Like I I also recognize like the capitalistic side of it, and it, it's a chance to just make yeah, absolutely sure. ridiculous amounts of money. Totalitarian but, evil acknowledged. But. But I do like, you know, as a as a performer and just someone who enjoys this kind of media, I I appreciate that these shows have given these stories the opportunity to be told that they probably wouldn't have been or they certainly wouldn't have been as interestingly if they were just movies. So so I really I really appreciated that. And and I truly don't care about the motives of people who end up on the right side, you know? What do you mean? I, well, I mean, like, whether it's the Disney Corporation or anything oh, else. Oh, I see what you, you mean. Know, like, I see what you if mean. If you end up on the side of bodily autonomy and the rights of humans to do with themselves as they wish... Mm-hmm. then I don't care. I don't care. How you got there. I don't care if it was a purely greed 
motive that put you there. I think yeah. your commercials are stupid. Like, yeah, I don't think you should be able to I, capitalize on that, but I, I just don't care. I don't know if I 100% agree with you. I think I care a little bit how people get there, but um, but enough. ultimately... That's a fair position to ulti- take. Ultimately, it's important that... The, the most important thing is that they do get there and that we have made some strides forward, I think, with these shows. True. Both creatively politically um absolutely whatever whatever way whatever the motivation was i mean i'm not gonna say i don't care but um but i i i I am grateful that these have sort of begun paving the way for things to change a little bit yeah that's my feeling again i'm listening to this napoleon podcast very oh my god oh my god what's gonna happen next in the life of napoleon well he's gonna win for a while and then ultimately lose Ah, is what i'm given to understand but um age of napoleon podcast is really cool if you like history and um listening to it maybe has has affected me in the way that i'm basically like go for it you know go for it and the worst thing so, that happens is you lose, like, Lebo- like Napoleon. I'm sorry, I don't quite get what you're going for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The worst thing that happens is you lose like Napoleon. If you're going to lose like Napoleon. At least people remember your name forever. And <laughs> Right. And also, you preserve the Republic for All right. the rest of time. The yeah, French yeah, Republic yeah, is, yeah. I mean... I think this is getting a little. I think this is getting a little in the weeds, but (laughs) we can do we can do a Napoleon episode. Anyway, but (laughs) be a small R Republican. Fight for the right to people having self rule. Be that's that's what you want. Okay, do that. Okay, you know. Okay, that's, I wasn't expecting this. I wasn't expecting this uh, episode to end up here, but we got there. Um. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Sometimes you have got to go to war with the Habsburgs. Just, just to be very clear, we're not, we're, we are not Republicans, and no, we don't no, want you no, to be not a, the political party. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I just want to clarify that Republicans, like, uh, <laughs> in case you Republican. were, in case you were yeah. unclear. <laughs> yeah, it's the whole thing. But you just did, you did, did say the word, so I just, yeah, I fight, have to be... fight the, fight the monastic dynasties. Uh, I'm sorry, monarchic dynasties. Of uh, the old kingdoms of Europe, <laughs> the monastic yeah. dynasties. That's gonna be. That's a whole um, different. That's like Eko Ike yeah. in Japan. That's a whole. That's a whole thing. different. That's a whole different yeah. thing. Let's Which, not get those into are, that. Those are fun. Oden Nobunaga. It's a whole. He yeah. had a whole war against them. That was different. But no, definitely like fight, fight for self rule. I think that I think that's a good. I think that's a good uh, note to end on. The the only other thing I wanted to say is that I was thinking that these shows very much feel like cocktail shows. They you do know? feel like cocktail right? shows. More th- right. More so, so we've been drinking cocktails we, we this have entire been. time. I've been drinking a margarita. And I'm drinking uh, the drink of my people, the gays, mm-hmm. uh, a vodka soda mm-hmm. with lime. Yep. So yep. that's uh, and that's what we drink. That's what we drink. So just real quick, let's see if we can fire it off real quick. Um, right off the top of my head, maybe it's because I've been drinking a margarita, but I feel like Loki is like a mezcal margarita. I'm going to say Loki is a whiskey sour. Okay, that's fair. 
It can be it can be something different to everybody. Okay. Um Falcon Winter Soldier, I feel like is like an old fashioned. Yeah, that actually that makes we, sense. We agree on that. Okay. Right. Um and WandaVision. WandaVision is something it's I wanna say Negroni, um, or like oh, see I would go with like old style martini. Yeah, but I was going to say something something gin or vodka based. Yeah. But with like a little twist, you know, like I feel like it's like a Negroni, but with like a different kind of Amaro instead of a vermouth or something. Yeah, or so it's, it's like like a slice of mango instead of lemon whoa, or something. Whoa, uh, it's orange peel. It's traditional, but uh, that's okay. Um, all right. Well, before we get uh, too far deeper into the weeds um <laughs> i think i think there this are is some where we're other gonna... things about politics no, that i would like to no, say no stop it stop it stop it <laughs> but not right now i have some very strong opinions about the maduro administration okay let's I'm going uh, to and beep pairing was created hosted and produced by emma sherjarko with music and audio recording by winston shaw and logo artwork by Darcy Zimmerman and Katie Huey. This episode was edited by Emma Sherjarko. Follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and Instagram at Pairing Podcast to keep tabs on what we're up to. And feel free to send us any thoughts, questions, requests, and pairings of your own on our website, thepairingpodcast.com, via email at pairingpodcast at gmail.com, or on any social media platform. Come check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash pairingpodcast, where you can pledge as little as $1 a month and get access to exclusive content, customized pairings from me, live streams, and more. Also, check out our merch store on our website at thepairingpodcast.com slash merch. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing with your friends. Thank you so much for listening to Pairing where you come for the stories and stay for the wine.